podcasts. I'm Andrew McGregor, and with each installation of this podcast, we're going to explore the world of spirituality, what it means to be alive, and how is it that we can bring our spiritual selves, tarot, meditation, religious or spiritual practices into our daily lives. Please check out all of our episodes at thehermitslamp.com slash podcasts. Or you can search The Hermit's Lamp in podcasts on iTunes, catch it on Stitcher Radio or other services along those lines on your smartphones or wherever you like. So as I'm recording this podcast, it is creeping towards Halloween and myself and the delightful Carrie Paris have put together a mediumship and casting and spirit communication course that we are rolling out on November 1st. It is a participate online from anywhere kind of thing. And you will also get all the tools that we are going to talk about shipped to you wherever you are in the world. So if you've been looking to up your spirit communication game, or you'd like to talk to some of your ancestors, check it out. Just go to thehermitslamp.com, click on the events tab, and you'll be able to find all the details there. So, welcome to another episode of the Hermit's Lamp Podcast. I am here today with Jonathan Emmett. And uh, I know Jonathan from the online world as a maker of magical things and somebody who spends a lot of time uh, working with natural uh, things, plants and other stuff like that, as well as leather and things like that uh, in ways that I find fascinating. So I thought I'd have him on the show here so we could talk about what he's up to. Uh, but for people who might not know you, Jonathan, why don't you give us the uh, introduction? Uh, yeah, kind of short and sweet. Uh, I am a, uh, gosh, I'm a shamanic practitioner, uh, but I have a lot of, I do a lot of, and you know, I think that ties in a lot. I, I, I have an interesting theory on that, but we can get to that later. Um, I, I do a lot of folk magic-y stuff. Um, I, I wouldn't say hoodoo. I think uh, more um, uh, mountain magic things like that, herbs, uh, working with nature, uh, nature, energy, spirits, you know, things like that. I, I don't really, um, I don't even most of the time really call it magic. I just kind of call it everyday life, I guess. Uh, it's, uh, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Uh, during the day I'm a computer geek and during the night I'm some guy running around in my backyard, you know, yelling at the fairies, but you know, (laughs) are they yelling back at you? Sometimes, sometimes but that's that's depends on how much moonshine I've had that day, and I think that that's they yell louder the the more moonshine I've had, of course. But uh-huh. absolutely, <laughs> totally. So, so how did you get into this kind of stuff? Where did where does it start for you? Gosh, man, my journey started back when I was five. I'm 42 years old. My journey uh-huh. started probably back when I was five. Yeah. So, um. You know, being from the Midwest, uh, it's a, in the middle of the Bible Belt. You don't see, but there, there's more of us here than you think, but it's not mainstream, or at least it wasn't back then. Uh, you don't see a lot of the pagans and, and um, folk practitioners and such. Uh, but, you know, you, you, as you study it, you realize that even uh, your Baptist grandmother, your psychic ba- Baptist grandmother, might I add, uh did things that were kind of, you know, along the same lines of what we do now. They, you know, they, they didn't call it that or they, whatever. And, and, you know, even my mom was kind of surprised when I introduced her to, um, uh, Byron Ballard's book, uh, that how much of it, uh, actually was what her great grand or her grandmother did, which would have been my great grandmother and, and her great grandmother. Um, how much of that was actually, you know, stuff they did every day, uh, yeah, you know, I, with I, plants and, and, and natural remedies and stuff like that. That's just, that was commonplace. And it's, you know, it's like, I tell everybody it's, it's not really witchcraft. It's really, I mean, that's how people lived. It's how they got by. They didn't have a doctor on every corner, you know, so they had to learn how to make their own stuff. And, you know, and that's what, that's how they did it. Yeah. So, I think the, I think the middle part 
or, or you know, sort of from the beginning through the middle part of last century, really disconnected a lot of that knowledge from people. You know, I I agree too, and I, I think a lot of it. I have a theory on that too. I have a lot of theories. I don't know if you'll you'll figure that out. Uh huh. Um, I have a theory on that too. And if you think back to how our ancestors lived, you know, they they relied on on working with the spirits and and nature and 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 gods and so forth. I mean, that was, that was their life. That's how they functioned. Now we, we have, you know, Facebook and, and Instagram, and that's how we function. So it's, you know, it's, we don't rely on movement of animals to, to get our food. We rely on movement of a semi truck to get to Walmart. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) um, I don't think that, you know, I, I think that's where we've lost it. I think we've had, we have a, a major disconnect and I wasn't planning to go this deep, this beginning of the show, but we have a major disconnect between ourselves and spirit. And, and it's, be- and you're right. It's because it's almost because of technology, which is funny because we're using technology to reach people right now, but that's because spirits, uh, right. being opportunistic here, right? right. It's like, all right, <laughs> well, fine. We'll use this then. All right. Yeah, well, fine. We'll give you this uh, Skype thing. But, uh, you know, so that's how I, that's, that's my theory is that we've, you know, we've, we've come this world of instant gratification and we've become disconnected from actually working with spirit. And a lot of people don't know how to do that anymore. But the funny thing is, is now we're seeing a reversal. We're seeing the younger generations going back to the earth and some of the older generations giving up some of, uh, you know, this, this mainstream uh, religion. Um, I won't specify, but we'll say mainstream religion. And then they're going back to the earth. And, and so we're all kind of moving backwards uh, in, in a lot of sense and in some senses not. But mm-hmm. anyway... Well, it reminds me of uh, something that Terrence McKenna said, you know, the the psychedelic guy, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's like, when, when a culture gets in trouble, it starts looking backwards for yeah. where, where was it where was it last sort of sane or reasonable or stable, you know? And, and I think that, that that disconnect from understanding the meaning and value of one's environment, you know, that's, uh, that's really difficult on people, right? You know, and, and when you can be engaged and when you can be present with those things and when you can feel and experience and live in your surroundings like connected to them, it's such a different experience. Well, and, and you know, and just the simple things like I can walk out to my front yard and pick out plants that I could live on. I don't necessarily need to eat, you know, spaghetti and meat sauce for dinner. I mean, there's, there's plants that we consider to be weeds that are nutritious and actually quite healthy for you out in your front yard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, things like plantain, that's so common around here that, you know, it's it's all through my yard. I can pick it, dry it. I do all kinds of stuff with it. It's great for healing and, mm-hmm. and so forth. And, and, uh, and you can live on it. So mm-hmm. it's things like that. I think, you know, we, we, you, a lot of people, if, if let's just say that, the world ends and we, you know, we have this massive apocalypse. Um, most people wouldn't know how to survive. They would rely on, on the, the people, the mountain folk that go back to and, and learn how to do these things. And, uh, I think people to some respect are going back to that, but you know, some aren't, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting world we live in now. I know that, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I do. I I love working with plants. I love working with. I uh, is, nature fascinates me. I have these two fantastic monarchs out in my milkweed right now that they're just doing this beautiful dance of <laughs> life. I mean, all they're they're just they're living and they're so happy to have this damn flower. It's a flower, man, but it's a beautiful flower. Yeah, and they love every minute of it. And uh, I think it's the same too because they've been around for a few days now, but. Um, they're just fast. It's just fascinating. Things like that. Just, I, I, you know, absolutely fascinating. Computers don't fascinate me anymore, but things like just life itself, the beauty in it is Mm -hmm. what, what I like. Yeah. I I love going magic. You know, that's, that's what magic is to me. That's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I go for a walk, not far from the store. There's, uh, this big ravine and I go walking down there. 
you know, and, and so I've made friends with the birds and the other things and the animals and the plants and you watch things kind of come and go and, you know, uh, I mean, certainly some moonshine would help, but, you know, being, being quiet and meditative also gets you there. You know, you start to hear little, little, little beings poking out between the bulrushes and other stuff and being like, Hey, take some of me, clean yourself, do this, go do that. You know, and that's just so, so profound, right? Well, and you know, it's like this last weekend, I don't, uh, my son and I were outside of my parents. I call it herb granny woods. It's, she's got about 10 acres of solid woods pretty much. And, and, uh, we ran across a, a walking stick and I hadn't seen a walking stick and, and I bet, well, it was 1996 cause I was laying in a foxhole at, at, uh, uh, in uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. And, uh, that was the last time I saw a walking stick, an actual walking stick. And this sucker, I I think that I, I'm happy about it because to, that to me tells me that nature's kind of recouping, um, you know. And and if we would quit, you know, we, there's a, I see a lot of movement to saving bees and but that it, you know the not using pesticides and stuff like that it saves a lot of other things too, like those silly walking sticks. They don't really do much, but they're really cool to to and fun to watch. But and uh, you know, it takes all of these little animals and, and little creatures and little beings to make the world go around. And without them, we're dead. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we have to do our part. And, you know, I took a class this, this last uh, uh, summer. I did The conservation department gives free classes every year around here. And, and uh, one of them I hadn't thought about doing was nat- native wildscaping. And, uh, you know, you think about, well, I just go get... Uh, whatever plant, you know, for decoration and, and you really need to work towards a certain, um, like your local plants, your local foliage and stuff like that. Because, you know, I, I didn't know this and and you may may have, but like something like, uh, uh, some sort of flowering rose that may not be native to your area. Bees don't necessarily use that for food. I didn't know that. Hmm. Um, so, that was that was pretty fascinating to me so to they actually they will pass it by and a lot of plants that were are sold in in like uh, well we'll say big chain stores um are bred to not really be food um mm-hmm. they they breed the 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 food part out of them and that was kind of saddening to me and I'm thinking well then what's the point you know, yeah, it's pretty, okay, but if it doesn't sustain life, I mean, it really has no purpose other than just being pretty. Um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's interesting. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, we, we do a bunch of gardening in front of our place. We live right in the city, like right downtown, downtown, but we are fortunate enough to have like a 20 by 20 foot front yard that we can garden in. It gets nice sun all all day long and stuff. And, uh, you know, I mean, the bees and so on, they love the clover. They love, you know, like we've got all this, you know, we, we leave all of these things that are sort of weedy in, in amongst the, in amongst the other things because in amongst the food that we grow or the, the plants we grow for spiritual use, because they love those things and you come out and you see them and they're just, hanging out with them and that's, you know, that's it. Right. And, uh, it doesn't always, there's lots of beautiful things. And, and as you say, lots of wonderful edible things and medicinal things that are just right there. Right. Right. And that's, that's, what's fascinating. I love to go walking in the woods and just finding things. We have a lot of really great herbs here. We're kind of in that, uh, area of the planet that pretty much everything will grow. Yeah. For the most part and stuff, even like Solomon seal, we get, that's pretty common around here. We're kind of, along the same lines as the Appalachians in that aspect, we have mm. similar climates. So it's fun. You know, there's, there's some really great places and this is, I, I tell people this all the time. There's some, you know, find in your area. Um, the conservation departments will do a lot of free classes. There's also usually some sort of uh, group herbal group mm-hmm. does uh, hikes and such. And, they will go through and show you what's edible and what's medicinal and what to stay away from in your local area. Uh, I know down 
uh, in Mountain View, Arkansas, there's a place called the Ozark Folk Center, and I've met some great people down there. I'm actually a member of their herb society. Um, but they do uh, like an, a hike uh, at uh, and the herbal. They have a big herbal uh, deal every year. Uh, they have mm-hmm. bring in and do classes and stuff it's really fantastic and um they'll do but they also do a hike where they walk through and they talk about the different uh herbs that grow naturally uh in and and mushrooms also there's some great mushrooms down there but um all these things that grow naturally in in the in ozark area which is pretty much where i live we're kind of on the edge of it but mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the, in your area, there's always those types of things. And, and I tell people, you know, go, go find them. Um, to me, that's the magic. That's magic is, is, you know, we talk about magic a lot and we, and we talk about, um, you see a lot of people talk about ceremony and you have to do this and you have to do, you don't. The magic is as easy and natural as you want it to be. Hmm. That's a fact. I, I, you know, if you if you think that it requires, um, getting all dolled up and looking good, then by gosh, that's what you do. But me, I just go out and <laughs> I just go out in the woods, and that's that's all I need right there, man. You know. I wonder about that's that the, though. You know, um, because I mean, one of the things that one of the questions that I have for you, and I mean, we're already kind of getting towards some answers, but. Um, you know, is, is where, where does the magic come from? Right. And I think that certainly, as you're saying, the plants and the land, you know, if we're quiet, we listen, if we engage, I mean, there's nothing better than if you want to tune into certain kinds of magic, just start growing some plants and tending them. Right. But, but at the same time, where do spirits fit in? Because I think that one of the things that, that strikes me as important, and maybe, maybe this is only in my practice, but for me, the spirits make requests as well. And, and where that comes in, that starts to get where, you know, occasionally they're like, Hey, I want this fancy thing. And I'm like, really guy. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) I, I guess, I guess my spirits, you know, spirits that I deal with, I get some weird requests, I guess on, on occasion. I never really thought of it that way, but yeah, I guess so. Um, usually it seems like it's always symbol related of some sort. Like, um, one wanted a particular rune and I don't remember which one now on a coyote bone and, and I left it, you know, and wanted it left out in a certain spot or around a certain spot and, that, and that's fine. I, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with the stuff that I do, it's mostly plant spirits that I deal with. Mm. Now I work with the spirit of the, the, you know, the, the land spirits and, and, spirit of location that's that's i think number one important especially if you're doing any sort of gardening or anything like that or or, or harvesting of herbs uh, even wild crafting uh, you have to work with the spirit of the land and and ask permission you have to you know th- like you're saying they're at they ask for things but in my in my own experience i don't think that it, it's ever been anything extravagant mm-hmm. um I'm not, if it was, it's completely off my mind right now because I'm not catching it. But it's usually, I, you know, I, it's usually some just a simple offering. A lot of times, you know, cornmeal, um, uh, rosebuds, that's a common one for whatever reason. Uh, lavender buds, dried lavender, that seems to be pretty common among the things that I do. Um, it, you know, it's simple things like that or, or stones or, uh, bones, runes, symbology, mm-hmm. something. It never really, it's never been anything that I've ever noticed that's out of the ordinary or anything that I couldn't get naturally. Mm-hmm. Let's put it mm-hmm. that way. Um, so, but I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying and, and I think that different practices require different things, you know, I mean, uh, different Spirits that you work with may require different things. I just haven't come across that, I guess, in my own work. Yeah, well, if they're if they're asking you for a brick of solid gold, you might want to shop around yeah. for a new spirit. Yeah. <laughs> like... yeah. If they're asking me for a brick of solid gold, they're going to scam to shit in one hand and want in the other. That just ain't going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
so, so you know, as far as the folk practice is concerned, it's common for us to leave, you know, dishes of plates of food or, or stuff like that. I mean, that's that's commonplace, but uh, it's never really anything extravagant. I, I can't ever, I, don't, I can't even think of a reason that it would ever be like that. But uh, you know, I'm probably like I said, forgetting something. But I'm getting older. It happens to the best of us, right? <laughs> Yeah, I find I find that mine most of the stuff that they want that's kind of, I mean it's not crazy extravagant, but you know that, that's fancier is uh, to do with like altar work and stuff like that. It's like, hey, I really want this on the altar, you know, and it's something that's, you know, gonna live there, you know, for forever probably. So, yeah, you know, and I don't, I don't, you know, I have, I mean, I post pictures of it. I have representation of certain things in my life on my altars, and then, I but I don't do I don't do uh, I don't know. I just I don't do anything really crazy with my altars. It's usually just something. To me, it's just something that reminds me of the spirit that I'm working with at the time, or mm-hmm. or at the time. But it really never usually is anything crazy. There's a lot better people with their altar work out there than me. That's for sure. Well, you go on Instagram and uh, yeah, yeah there's it's over pretty, the top, right? Yeah, there's some there's some of that I. I, I never have done anything quite that fancy, but there, there was a post I saw recently where uh, it was like twenty-one things that you need to do to to become a better, you know, I don't know, magician or witch or something like that, right? And basically, every post was was uh, some extolation towards having more skulls in the picture. Get more animal skulls. Put an animal yeah. skull on your animal skull. You know, yeah, put a crystal on it. Fun. You know. Dude. Yeah, you got to have crystals. You got to have crystals. You got to have herbs. You got to have, I think, a sage stick or something in there too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and I'm not, nah, dude. I've got bones laying all over the place, and that's just because I like them. I'm sitting here playing with a coon dung while we're talking. But uh, <laughs> I don't know how yeah. I feel about that. Yeah, you know, it's a big one. Look at the size of that sucker. Anyway, uh, <laughs> well, it's an Arkansas toothpick. You know, you can't. Uh, but <laughs> you know, I. And and I don't I like to have this you know I've always liked bones you know I think about I do bone reading you probably saw that on my on the stuff that mm-hmm. and stalking my page at all um it, I think that it's nice to have and and I respect my and, and okay let me go back a little bit because somebody's going to say well he doesn't respect his spirits that's not the truth at all I I you know I think that you know you work with the spirits that want to work with you. And, and if they require things to get to help you out, then that's fine. Any, a specific offering. My, I just don't, I take care of the bones that I have. I feed them. You know, I, I, um, I talk to them. Don't tell anybody I said that. I hope this isn't live right now, but, uh, <laughs> we'll edit this out in post. Don't you worry. Oh, okay. Sweet. Um, you know, and I, but I think it's a it's the relationship you have with them. You know, respect is huge with me. It's I I have a lot of respect for people, um, but and I and I treat animals and plants and and the the dead and as the same as the living. It's all to me. It's it's all a being. It's all life. It's all the same process. It's just different planes of existence where the bone is representative of. Um, something that has passed, but that energy is still there. That that being is still alive in a lot of aspects, especially if you're using it in something like a, an altar or a a uh, uh, bone set. I, I you know the, the, they're still talking to you. They're still working with you. That energy is still there. And a lot of times, you know, I do talk to them. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. You know, I mean, sure. I, I think that. Um, I think this really opened my mind a lot of to what is out there uh, has been working with, with bones and spirits and stuff and, and really has changed my perspective over the years of how I, I feel about certain types of things, certain magic or certain... Uh, I never got into ceremonial magic, but I can understand its purpose. Um, never was... My, my cousin did... And he always he always wanted me to get in it with him, but they always know, I, do, right? Yeah, it's not really it was never sign, my sign thing. up, sign up, <laughs> man, sign up. Yeah, no, it's like no, nah, it never really was my thing. I never could get into it. I was, 
excuse me, I I was uh, always the one that was I would rather just walk around in 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 nature and and find things. I like you know that yeah. was always my thing. Well, I think the you struck on something I think is really important and deeply deeply overlooked. Right? Is you know both both in my sort of magical practices. Uh, and in my practices as a, as an Orisha person, you know, is um, it's it's a bit those relationships, right? You know, if it gets to the point for me, you know, if it gets to the point where I have to do something huge, then then I haven't been tending those relationships, and I haven't been tending my life in the right way, right? Because if I'm if I'm checking in and talking and being like, oh, you know what? Like I was I was at the grocery store the other day and I saw something like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna cook this up for Shango sometime in the next couple of days, you know, make him a little meal, you know, and like those things go a tremendous way towards making sure that everything goes well. But you have to be living it, you have to be listening to it, and you have to be talking to them, right? That's it too. I think you you just nailed it on the head. I mean, you, you got to live it. You know, what kind of, I mean, magic is not something you do when it's just, you just need it right now. You know, magic is an everyday thing. It's, it's cultivating the life, your relationship with the spirits and, and with the, you know, the energies and, and everything around you. It's not about, oh, I got to get rich right now. So I'm going to do this one thing and then I'm done. Yeah. Right. Boom. And then I'm out. It'll never work. I don't care what anybody says. It'll never work. Um, unless you're just like super lucky somehow and, and no more than any of us do. But, you know, if you, you, it just doesn't work that way. And it's the same with working with, with the, with the bones, especially in bone reading. If you don't nurture that relationship, you're never going to have a true reading. The reading is just not going to be right. You're not going to understand your bones for one thing. And, and, and I think it's the same with tarot and, and, uh, anything else it you know it's just you got to have that connection or it's just not going to work yeah so. well one of the things when we're, we're talking about divination um you read playing cards right i do i read playing cards of course you know the marseille and and the, uh, the bone well everyone cool is reading the marseille if you if you well, want yeah, if you want to be cool you yeah. should get a marseille deck and learn how to read it so and you should buy it from the hermit's lamp <laughs> exactly Hey, um, <laughs> but uh, I'm curious. I'm curious about the playing card reading. Um, does that does that come from a, a, a connection to somebody? A connection to a spirit? Just floated um, your boat? Where, how did you get into that? You know, playing cards is, to me has always seemed like a legitimate way to do anything and I, any sort of divination. And, and the reason I say that is because I know. Nobody in my family read playing cards, uh-huh. um, but it does fall into the folk magic of the area in the Ozarks and stuff like that. So it does kind of, um, kind of come with the territory, I guess, so to speak. Um, I got into it because I was just interested in it. I, you know, I, I never, and and don't tell Camelia that I said this. Hopefully, she's not listening. I never connected to tarot, uh-huh. and I just, I mean, I have a few decks. I'm like everybody else. I buy them because they're cool and. But I just never got into it, you know, and uh, I picked up playing cards and I was like, huh, yeah, I can see that. I almost and, and, and it makes me feel like a gypsy. So I find that's pretty exciting. But I've just I don't know if it's always felt connected to it. It's easier. I think to me, it's easier. I, I you know, it makes more sense. And uh, but and then again, I you know, completely off. The, I like bones more than I like the playing cards. So. Um, you know, I, I, I guess I fall back to the, I've always kind of fall back to the more root of things and to a more, uh, I've always kind of lived in my magical practice, less is more mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, playing cards, they're about as plain as you can get yeah. when doing reading. And, but you know, if, it, the fascinating thing about them is they can get pretty deep. I, I, uh, I do a lot of, uh, I work a psychic line, uh, randomly. Um, and, and I love to use the playing cards in that because, you know, sometimes it's hard to make a connection over a phone line. And then, you know, sometimes those cards will give you a cue of where we're going and then it goes from there, but it starts the process. And I, I think it's, it's fascinating to me. I, I, uh, I've, I know a couple of different styles. One of them is uh, more of a folk mountain tradition, like, 
they read in the Appalachians. Mm-hmm. The other is uh, more of a Spanish tradition uh, taught to me by Corandera. And uh, I, it's okay. I, you know, I like it. it it's missing some cards because they, they only read with a, a, I think it's a 36 card deck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, you know, other than that, it's, it's pretty cool. But anyway, that's, that's uh, neither here nor there. But I like, uh, I, I do like playing cards. I, I always interested that people that read tarot never really learn to play, to read the cards, the playing cards. Because they really do fit hand in hand. I mean, you know, they they all kind of fall along the same lines, really. Yeah, well, especially if you're reading Marseille, it's even yeah, closer, right? Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I mean, especially the way that uh, Camellia puts it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so I never got into tarot cards, and that's how I ended up playing cards. Kind of a long-winded answer. That's right, though. It's, <laughs> I'm always interested in these things because people... I mean, first of all, things come and go out of fashion, right? Like, I'm you're joking about the Marseille deck you know, being where all the cool kids are at. But it's a, it's a deck or a series of decks, I think, that is uh, emerging and, you know, has emerged from the shadows, right? It's been, it was kind of, it wasn't popular for a long time, at least in North America. And, you right. know, it's kind of stepping into the foreground a lot more now. I see so many people playing with it and doing stuff with it. And, you know, I mean, we, I probably saw more Marseille decks than anything else in the store, except for maybe Rider Waite, you know, which is kind of saying a lot considering how many yeah, decks really. we sell, right? Um, so I'm always curious about what people get into and why, you know? And, uh, yeah, I think that finding that, that thing that you connect with or that thing that nudges you into that direction, right? Or, you know, in my case, having my guide basically lean down and slap me and say, stop it with all these other decks and just read with that one, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> you <Sure>. know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I get that a lot too because I'm a I, I jump around uh, and I, I'm always learning something new. I I I like it, I enjoy it, but sometimes spirits like, hey, uh, look, you got a lot going on and you're trying to do too much. Yeah, they always tend to kick you in the teeth when that happens. But um, yeah, you know, my advice to people that that are kind of like us, you know, find something you're good at. You know, I I have a tendency to 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 jump around quite a bit but you know I, I, as you get older i've i found that i'm less likely to do that but you know find something you're good at and stick with it you know i mean that's that's the best advice i could give there i guess but mm-hmm. um i you know i i love divination man i you know it's I, it's one of those divination is one of those things that i just really enjoy about what we do and i you know i I don't tell a lot of people this, and I don't really want to tell you on your show, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I do a lot of medium work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started out doing medium work when I joined a paranormal group a few years ago and and found that I could. Um, and there's some – it's almost relaxing to me to be able to connect to, to spirit in some pretty crazy ways. Some of the stuff we see is not, not all that great, but – you know, that's okay. Um, you know, a lot of times people's family members come across and to me, that's, that's, uh, why I do what I do, you know? Um, especially in, in paranormal research, we were going to get to that later, but let's just kind of move on. But, Mm -hmm. you know, paranormal research is, uh, kind of gave me an outlet, you know? I mean, I, I'm just like everybody else. You, 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 we spend a lot of our time not understanding and society has kind of driven it out of us as we as we get older um the ability to 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 communicate with spirit and and some of us retain that but we don't know that it's right even even growing up in such an an open-minded household i um i still kind of let society drive it out of me for a while you know turn to drinking and and alcohol and uh, drugs and stuff like that and I don't drink anymore. I joke about moonshine a lot, but I don't drink. But, uh, you know, and paranormal, the paranormal world just kind of gave me an outlet, uh, to kind of reconnect to myself and to reconnect to spirit. And it, and it really, um, was almost a lifesaver in a way. I mean, many times I'd sit around on my couch and hear voices and, and think, you know, or, or see things. I see stuff almost daily. Um, 
and think, man, I'm, you know, I'm going crazy or, uh, you know, having these emotional, uh, situations that, you know, don't know where they came from. And, and, uh, you know, I had no, I had nowhere to turn to and society tells you that it's wrong. You're, you're here, you know, and not so much now as, but back when I was a kid, that was, you know, hair and spirits wasn't, wasn't right. Mm-hmm. No, that was, that was the uh, satanic type stuff. Not nothing against Satanism. I love Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, that they tell you that it's wrong, you know, that it's a demon or it's evil or, or whatever. And, you know, so there's a lot of, I, I, I'm an advocate of, of trying to get my, I get my story out as many times as I do this. And, that's it. I mean, if you know, you're not alone. There's a lot of kids out there. I know they're going to listen to this and 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 think, "Wow, you know, there's other people just like me, and there are, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of us actually." And so, get out there and find them. You know, um, go to my Walk the Mist page and 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 ask. I I I don't mentor people really, but I will answer questions and I will help people where I can or point people in the directions of people that can better assist you in, in, in your path. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's a lot of, you know, when I was a kid, um, I lived in small town, Ontario, uh, at the end of town, basically, you know, like it, it was sort of suburban, that. but, uh, but like you walk, you know, three, 400 feet down the road and that's it for, you know, 20, 30 miles to the next town. Right mostly just forest in between. And it's amazing what you feel and experience when you go out and hang out in these places. And, you know, the same thing, right? Where people, you know, I, I, especially as a a teenager and stuff like that, I was picking up and processing so many kinds of information and, you know, I stopped sharing it because people just thought I was a judgmental asshole, (laughs) but uh, you know, um, and, and probably some of the time I was, but a bunch of the time I was also picking up on stuff and receiving messages and getting insights and cautions and things like that, you know? And it's like, you know, learning to differentiate that, learning to to treat it as significant but not everything, you know, so you don't get lost in it too, right? Right. You know, right. I mean, it's uh, – it, people come in and, and you know, because I've run the store, people walk in off the street all the time, Right. So I get into conversations with people about all sorts of things. And sometimes people come in and they're so excited about something. I'm like, that's cool. That's a nice start. Why don't you do this now? Or, you know, or, huh, that doesn't really seem right. And they're like, but, 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 but somebody told me, you know, whatever. I'm like, eh, be practical. Be reasonable about it. Take it easy, you know? Yeah. I, I, yeah, I agree. There's a, and in a shamanic standpoint, if you get, what, Part of the thing that we don't want to do is when we travel and we do journey work, we don't want to get lost in the spirit world. And, and, and some people do, or they, you know, they, they get, it's almost like an addiction and I can understand it entirely because I got addicted to, to the paranormal work for a while because I was constantly able to work with spirit and, and, and it made, it was like an, an adrenaline rush. You know, it's like that feeling that you're talking about when you go out into the woods mm-hmm. or away from town. And you're getting this information constantly, and it's almost an, it's, it's like a drug. It's addictive. But you don't want to get caught up in that because you don't come back. And and there's, you know, many cases where people have talked about, you know, or they've they've gone too far, and they haven't come back from there, and, they, and they'll die. And, and you don't, you know, your spirit just kind of walks away because mm-hmm. it doesn't, it doesn't associate not, not that necessarily dying is a bad thing. Cause you know, that's, that's a whole nother story. I could go on for days, but um, it, you know, your, your spirit leaves your body and then it never, it never really fully comes back or it doesn't come back at all. And, and, in, and that kind of leaves you in a, in a bad state. That's where a lot of depression, depression comes from or, or anger and stuff like that. Um, it's called soul retrieval. When a, a shaman goes out and grabs those pieces and brings them back, if you're, you know, if holy or at least partially there and then they heal you. But, you know, until you get those back, sometimes you can't, you don't always get them back on your own. 
you know, and that and that's where people I don't want people to get lost in 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 that world. And, you know, there's I, I think that's where a lot of um, a lot of the depression and anger that we're seeing in the world comes from is just people they've they've lost themselves. They don't have that connection that they used to have. And that's kind of we've gone full circle now um, in the world in this conversation. But, you know, that's that's it's the truth. You know, I I, I think that's my opinion. Um, well, and I think people also, um, you know, they start looking for a place to escape, right? Mm-hmm. And then they escape towards, you know, being spiritual or being holy or being some some definition of things, you know, powerful or witchy or something, right? Um, but when they're, when you're escaping from the world, then you end up in these situations where it's like, you got one foot here and one foot there and you're not really living anywhere anymore, or you're constantly avoiding the things that you, you know, need to resolve in order to sort of move forward as a human being. Because although we, we've been talking about living the spiritual life and sort of living in awareness of it. You know, there's also living the life, right? Like, you know, well, you still got to go go for a walk with your son, or I got to put my kids to bed and read a story, and you know, be able to show up for that stuff too, right? Well, and the human experience is part of the whole spiritual experience. You know, I mean, if we we came here to to feel this, you know, that's why we're here. So all the things, all the emotions and, and drama and, and stuff that we go through, that's just part of it. Yeah. It's part of the big picture. Um, our souls are learning, and we're and we're constantly gathering this information, and we share it amongst each other. Um, and so we, you don't want to miss out on that. I mean, this, it, you know, it's crazy, we, and the world is crazy. And I'm moving to Canada probably in November. So <laughs> I, I hope for better for you guys than that. But yeah. <laughs> so you know what? I was. Um, it's funny. We're, I was putting my youngest to bed. Uh, the other night, right? And uh, she said to me, she goes, so how? what happens when we die and how did we get here? And I was like, okay, well, like I'll tell you what I believe, right? And so, you know, uh, uh, as a, a Lukumi practitioner, our belief is that uh, you're hanging out up in the sky somewhere, up in Orun, and you decide to come to Earth. So you uh, go and visit this Orisha named Ajala, and you uh, choose your your ori, your your destiny, your life, your your whatever, and then you take that and you go back to the creator, and they breathe life into you, and you descend to earth and live that destiny, right? And she she goes, "You're wrong, Dad." And I'm like, "Okay, tell me, tell me what's going on." She goes, "When you die here, you wake up over there, and when you die over there, then you wake up back over here. That's how it works." And I'm like. I love it. Fantastic. <laughs> you can't get any more simple than that. Nope, and, nope. and you know, there might be some truth to it. Honestly, it makes sense. So, yeah, um, exactly. yeah I, I kind of agree with her. I, I have a, uh, an interesting thought on, on death myself. You know, it, I believe, I believe, you know, scientifically everything is energy, right? So when we die, the soul and the body go their separate ways and, and it's, it's all, but it's all energy. So the soul goes back into a, like a it's like pouring a pitcher a glass of water back into a pitcher of water right we kind of go in there and we intermingle and all these experiences we share and then if we come back because whatever reason we want to come back to this we come back we're still pieces of all those different things and i and i think that's i have a i'm not really sure that our past lives are necessarily always ours because some of the things that i've seen in my own past life experiences wasn't necessarily me mm. So, but anyway, that's a that's a that's a whole other show. Probably could go on for days with that. But anyway, I I, I think that we we take you know each other's experiences and we kind of learn from each other and and then we come back and we live and and see if we've done any better. Maybe I don't know, but um, I, I I you know I don't even know I, in my my thought I'm not even sure I believe in anything other than we just kind of become Earth again and come back just to live this experience just so we can feel. And and that's what it's all about to me is just, uh, it's just uh, stuff that we can't do as energy really, at least my thoughts. I don't know. I can't remember being energy. So maybe, maybe I'm wrong entirely. <laughs> well, you never know, right? You, you got to ask the energy then. Hey, energy. Okay, what, can, what can you do over there? 
<coughs> excuse me. Uh, you know, one of the things I've always been fascinated with death and, uh, People find that weird, but, you know, I can remember laying in bed as a child thinking, man, what is after this? You know, mm. it's kind of I get the same feeling from it. If you if you think about how vast space is, there's really no end. And, and that's how I feel about death. It's kind of like a. I don't know, it's something we really don't know about, you know, I mean, we, we we've been to space. We haven't been to all of space, but we kind of know about space a little bit. Um, but death, we really don't know. We hear different stories from people that do past life and, and so forth, but nobody really knows for sure until you get there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's, I think it's a fascinating thing. I, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens. There's got to be something to all these stories we're told, right? So not everybody can make all that up. No, exactly. Exactly. But, yeah. I mean, it's funny. I, I was very fascinated with it for a very long time. Um, you know, I almost died when I was 14. Right. So. I was like, came back from that experience, you know, getting hit by a dump truck and, uh, like, like you got hit, like, like I was driving a scooter and I get hit head on by a dump truck. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So after that, I was like, all right, now I need to know. And I, you know, I spent a long time just chasing answers, chasing answers. And then at some point, and really probably like at some point sort of in the last maybe 10 years or so, I just stopped chasing answers and was like, oh, I'm just going to live now. That's it. I've, I've got all the answers that there are. I've got as, I know as much as is knowable and, uh, and I know what I need to do here. So I'm just going to do that and whatever else will take care of itself on the other side when I get there. I, I agree with that, man. You know, I mean, you're right. We, we really just need to live life. Mm-hmm. And and what what I think we spend so much time worried about where we're going tomorrow or what we did last week or you know or what's going to happen when we die that we do we do we, we miss out on what's the whole point in being here you know mm-hmm. yeah and uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good to come you know the uh, Tibetan belief or practices of being mindful you know sure uh yeah. I, I like to, you know, I, that was kind of my first, well, we never really got into my history as far as we did a little bit, but, you know, Buddhism was probably one of, and I think a lot of people get into Buddhism as kind of beginning practice. Mm-hmm. And we all, we fall back to it a lot during, even in some meditation practices and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a lot to be said. There's a lot of magic there in in how they do things and how they live their lives, and and uh, it has a lot to do with, like you just said. You know, you're missing out. Don't miss out. Well, I think but, it's it's um, an often overlooked aspect in more ceremonial traditions too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're if you're planning on evoking an angel and hanging out and talking with them, you know, because I did a lot of ceremonial stuff for a very long time. Um, in some ways we could say that your success aside from like basic requirements will be tied directly to your capacity to be a hundred percent present, right? You know, the more that you can be present, the more you will perceive and understand that energy and the more that will come from it. Whereas if, if you're busy thinking about lunch and next week and, how how mighty and grand you look with your fancy lambskin apron and, you know, all these things that certainly I've all thought about at times, right? Um, you know, you're, you're not there, right? And that that capacity to be present, to be in the now, to be mindful, um, that that's, that's also the magic. I mean, in some ways, that's the magic we're talking about with nature, right? Go right. and be mindful. Go and, go and hang out with that stuff and see it and feel it and look at it and... Don't don't judge it or wonder or you know whatever like you know yeah that's it don't judge it right there that's that's important you know yeah. unless and, you're and gonna I, eat unless you're gonna eat the berries and then definitely judge it and judge it accurately and and don't eat yellow snow that's important I yes. don't know if you have that in Canada but uh, we <laughs> I would sure that moose snow would probably not be very tasty <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean, I agree with you one hundred percent and you know some detachment to outcome as as our friend Camellia says, um, uh, you know, there's there's something to be said to that. There's something to be said to that to mag- in magic as well. You know, like you're saying, is that 
you know, we want the outcome to be a certain thing, but if we're so tied up in the, in to what's going to happen, how do we actually get there? You know? So that's, uh, I, I get that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. I like, how, how do you, how do you not get hung up on the outcome? That's difficult, man. Cause I think it's human to get hung up on that, on the outcome. I try to step back from it. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sort of like, and and I and I go back to using medium work a lot. You know, when you, when you're doing medium work, you're kind of you kind of have to step away from your body, mm. kind of, so that you know you can you can channel this message that whatever it is, and and not allow your own brain to get in the way. So I think a lot of that is is the same practice, uh, and you have to step away from the situation, but and just be mindful and and of what you're doing at the time Mm -hmm. so um i think that's probably the key and probably how i keep you know when i do what i do how i keep away and 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 i i thought i i spent a lot of i think that singing kind of helps that a lot too now that i think about it i hadn't really put a lot of thought into that but you know in the shamanic practice we sing a lot Mm -hmm. and and a lot of it has to do with songs that really don't make much sense and but they come from a deeper place than, than uh, you know, just everyday life. They they come from a uh, from spirit himself or him, herself, and and I think that's that's probably what keeps me mostly from getting tied up in the world and and is uh, is uh, and tied up in my own practice, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Being able to release some of that. Yeah, one of my spirits. I mean. In my Arisha tradition, there's a lot of singing, you know, and a lot of very formal singing. Um, but one of the spirits that I work with, um, and I do a lot of like cleansing work with for people and stuff, um, it it likes me to sing, you know. And so I'll be, I'm often singing these songs and stuff. And at 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 the point at which I know the work is working, the spirit is kind of singing me a bit, and I'm kind of singing it, and everything is loose and flowing and we're just right. doing the work. Right. And then there comes a moment where it's like, and now we're done. All right. You're clean. Go home. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, you know, singing, you know, kind of raises our vibrate vibration. I hate, almost hate using that word anymore because it's so beat up, but, um, you know, it's raises our energy. There we go. That's, a, that's kind of a better word. And, and I think we become more focused. It's sort of like dancing. I, I know, I know that seems like in somebody that's thinking about it, you know, that may not understand shamanism or or your practice that how does dancing and singing make you focus? It does. I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it other than you're just more focused on the work itself or the work at hand. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I think one of the ways it does it is by we, we spend so much time, um, especially my younger self spends so much time being self-conscious not mindful, but self-conscious about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, where do I do? What do I do with my hands? What do I do with my body? How does this look? You know, whatever. Right. But when you start moving and using your voice, then I think that, that at the very least, those parts of you that are self-conscious and maybe self-censoring, those get replaced with with making you do the thing. And then the rest of it can kind of expand and take over. You know, at least that's kind of my experience of it. No, I think that makes sense. I, I, uh, I agree with you. And and you say that now. I'm thinking back to uh, uh, some writings by Sandra Ingerman and, and talking about she can't sing for anything, and but you know she does it anyway because it you know it kind of brings her into spirit. And it's you know it's it, I think that's you know the same reason that we sing. I think is the same reason that I create stuff all the time is because it there's a connection there uh, of that part of your mind and, and actually working with spirit. And it open, I think it opens things up to a different, completely different level. At least, at least from my practice in my own aspect is mm-hmm. I create things. I, I don't even like to sell my stuff because it, it you know, people, well, how much do you want for it? I, say, I don't know, man. You know, I just, <laughs> but you know, it's like uh, I make I- it. Kind of, it calms me down and kind of focuses where I'm going. I think is probably the best explanation I could give on that. 
Well, I, I don't know what you're charging, but based on what I've seen of your stuff online, I can guarantee you're probably not charging enough. It's all beautiful probably stuff. Probably not, because so. I've, I've always telling people, you're like, how much do you want? I'll just throw them a number. It's like, you know, whatever. And yeah. <laughs> so people end up paying me more than I normal, than I told them I even wanted for it. And yeah. it's like, you know, it, it's not about that for me. You know, it's about, uh, I just enjoy doing it. I get yeah, well, I, for me, that I, I get that with making stuff, but I also get it with, um, I mean, it's also making stuff, but like drawing and painting and stuff too, you know? Right. When, I, when I sit down with a brush and stuff, I'm just, I'm gone into it and that's that, you know? And I come out the other end and I've worked out some stuff inside myself. I've made a connection to a spirit and, you know, I'm like, okay, now I'll do this and, and life goes on, you know? So I, I do some wonderful stick figures. Uh-huh, so. uh-huh. Yeah, they're fantastic. Nice. I can't nice. wait for your online gallery. <laughs> no. Uh, never could get into drawing. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, never was my thing. I, I tried. I really did, but I was worried. So yeah. tell me this. If somebody is listening to this, as probably many people would be listening to this, and they're like, I'd like to, I'd like to get into the, some of this natural magic. Where do they start? How how do you? What advice do you have for them? There's a, there's a book. I was trying to remember the author's name. There's a book called Plant Spirit Medicine. Um, Elliot. Uh, gosh, what is his first name? Anyway, Plant Spirit Medicine should get you there. That's a good book on uh, natural uh, working with plant uh, plant energies and plant beings. Um, you know, shamanism, I think, is probably uh, a good start. Um, my dear friend, Evelyn Reisdyke, she does has a great book called Spirit Walking that is, uh probably really got me going in what I do for the most part or really started focusing that. Um, it's a great step-by-step book. Um, I, I, I've bought it for probably 20 or 30 people um, just because I really am that, I believe that much in, in what she does and, and, and she's just that kind of, she's just a good person all the way around. But, um, that's probably where I would start. I mean, I, I you know, it, it, to me, it's just a matter of, you know, it's like the old Druids just go out and work in nature and walk around 10 minutes a day, you know, and, and, uh, really notice the differences and the changes in the seasons and the, and the different plants and, and, you know, identify, you know, edible things in your area, identify medicinal plants in your area. These are all, you know, a good book on, uh, local, uh, I probably have 20 of them, but a good book on local, uh, plants, uh, plant identification is probably priceless. And, and, and they're like, well, plant identification, they're probably, well, that does, that's not magic. Well, it is because if you, do, you get the wrong plant and you, you're going to wish you hadn't, <laughs> but, uh, uh, so that's, you know, things like that. I, uh, that's where I would start and, you know, and, and, um, and then kind of go from there. And if they have any questions, you know, feel free to message me on, on Facebook or send me an email at John at walk com. I don't really mind. I, I, I answer quite a few um, as they come around. So, mm-hmm. um, I, yeah. I like helping people, you know, cause I know at one point I was lost too. And, and, you know, I, and, and it was hard for me to find people that nobody wants to talk to you. And I'm, I'm not, I'm a pretty easy person to talk to, <laughs> but people don't want to, they don't want to share, you know? And, and so I've never, I've tried to not be that way. Uh, yeah. It's complicated. You know, I mean, I, I've, I've learned a lot from other people. Um, but it's also been a lot of very, it's complicated to build relationships with people where they'll share what they know and share their experiences and stuff. And, yeah, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, I mean, the, the challenge is that everybody's still human, no matter how experienced or wise they might be in many ways. And so that, that also gets in the way at times too, right. You know, whatever well, and, and that is. You know, I think some the biggest thing is, is people don't, you know, if you, if you're, if somebody's willing to help you, and this is just advice to people listening, if somebody is willing to help you, don't badger them mm. because, you know, their time, you know, they have lives too. So, yep. <laughs> you know, that's, I kind of, I've had pushed some people away because it was nonstop every day. And it's like, look, 
you know, you haven't had time to even practice what I told you last time. So I know for a fact that you're not ready for this part. So, you know, let's just kind of calm down a little bit. And and it takes time. It's, you know, be easy on yourself and be patient and, and understanding and respectful of others. And I think that uh, you get where you're going. But, you know, like I said, if any, if you need help, I don't mind. And I, I'm sure Andrew doesn't either. No, totally. I love Email it. Well before me. And uh, his, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and I think, I mean, if we're going to give advice to people who are starting out as well, um, in in my tradition, there's a proverb which is uh, applied a lot in a lot of different ways, uh, which is don't ask what you already know. Yeah, and, that's good. Yeah, and I think that it's really when you when you're learning from people, it's really important to be conscious of what you know. Be conscious when you know the answer. You know, I I, I had this art teacher who, uh, when you said, pardon me, like if you didn't hear him, he'd just go, you heard me. And he'd turn and walk away. And, <laughs> and the thing was, nine times out of ten, it was true. Like nine times out of ten, I'd be like, huh, I did. Why did I say that, right? You know, and with my elders, I'm like, before I send them a question, I'm like, do I know the answer? Am I, am I feeling or being insecure about what I know instead of owning it? You know, am I just looking for assurance or do I have a question, you know, or do I already know where I could get the answer and I'm just, you know, going to the person or whatever, like, you know, don't, don't ask what you already know. If you, if you can take two minutes and figure out how to get the answer, then, then maybe go get the answer and then ask them the thing you can't get the answer to. Well, and one of the things too, in shamanism is a, is a path of self-revelation. So it's not, and and I and I. There's a lot of of uh, groups that take this the wrong way. It's not uncommon for us to go out and journey and work with our spirit, as you probably do in your own practice. And sure, um, you know, and and many times I've gone to my teachers and I've said I've asked a silly question or what <laughs> I realized later was silly, and they and the answer of the first time I, this happened, I was mad, but they'll say, did you ask your spirit? Did you work with your spirits? Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's, that, that's, not, that, that's not the answer. You know, why are you giving me that? That's not the answer. Yeah. But it really is the answer because if you don't learn to do your own work, you never will do your own work. So, you know, the, you may get that answer from me. If you ask me a question, then I'm going to say, did you, you know, what do you think? What does your spirit say? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, you're right. Well, I think it's it's one of those things that, um, you know, what what your spirit advises or what your spirit will accept or, you know, we see this in the Orisha tradition, right? Like people get a reading and they think, oh, yeah, Oshun is going to be the spirit that comes down and helps me with my love life or with this or that or whatever, right? And it's like, well, maybe not, maybe some other. Like any any spirit can help with anything that it wants to, that it can help with. And whatever it asks for is whatever it asks for, or whatever its advice is. And so if you're going to go work with your spirits, learning how your spirits work and what they like and, you know, do they like cornmeal or do they like lavender flowers or they want a cigar or, you know, yeah. they, the whatever. Exactly. Like, that, exactly. That's always going to be the answer. And that's that's an answer that somebody else might be able to provide you if they're going to contact your spirit. But that's not what you're there for. You're there to learn to contact your own spirit, Right. Right. Yeah. Another funny thing is, in not everybody has bear as uh, their spirit animal. I'm just telling you that right now. You know what? Yeah. You got a vibe? Do you think somebody lied to me about that? You might get a cricket. (laughs) (laughs) But that's still a powerful animal. You know what I mean? So or bug. But you know whatever. So uh, you know your power animal is there is a is there to teach you and to guide you and 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 the same with spirits. You know you're not going to some powerful. I don't know, crazy deity or something. You may get grandma. My my power animal is the chupacabra, just so you know. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, uh, can you get me like some skulls or something from a chupacabra? I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, on that note, let's let's talk about where people can find you. You've sort of said it here and there, but let's say it at the end. Uh, don't go to my website because I suck at that kind of thing. Uh, go to uh, go to my Facebook page, uh, Walk the Mist, and uh, you can email me at john, J-O-N, at walkthemist.com. Yeah. And if uh, you're on Instagram, 
you should follow him as well because uh, so That's many beautiful I... things happen there. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. I really enjoyed being on your show. It's been great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. As always, I greatly appreciate it. And if you can do me a favor by giving us a review in iTunes, by hitting one of the share buttons in whatever way you're getting hold of this, by letting people you know who would be excited to hear these kinds of conversations, know that the podcast exists, that would be fantastic and much appreciated. And either way, let me know what you think. I always love hearing from people. Talk to you soon.